Welcome to the Kinetic Belief Podcast. I'm so excited to champion and encourage you every week, right here. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Hi, Megan, and welcome back for another podcast. Good to see you again. Hi, Stephen. It's wonderful to be here today. Just to let the listeners know, we are, again, broadcasting from high up in the Colorado Rocky Mountains again this week. We move around quite a bit. Um, we've been kind of following the weather lately, haven't we? Yes, uh, sunshine, just following the sunshine. But guess what they're calling for this weekend, and it looks like it's going to be just a little bit north of us, three feet of snow in still in September. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Nuts. Somebody's going to have a great ski season up there. <laughs> Crazy. Up in Montana, three feet of snow. Can you wow. imagine that? Yes, I can, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Canada in January that reminds me of that. (laughs) Well, in fact, uh, we were just talking yesterday. We have decided that uh, we made it an executive decision that we're going to peace out of here in about two more weeks and try to beat the snow uh, before it starts coming in. We are over in the Keystone area. Yes, it's so beautiful here, and I'm excited about heading to the Carolina coast. It's going to be that perfect beach weather where you need a sweater outside and uh, that's my favorite kind of beach weather well and you know if you're not um uh, if you're listening to the podcast if you haven't checked out some of the visuals some of the video that we've been producing go to the website that's stephencanyon.com and uh, we typically will take out our cameras to show you exactly where we're broadcasting from we take out the drones and all the fun stuff to show you the leaves turning or the waves rushing to shore just to kind of give you an idea the website is also where we post all of the uh, video q and a's that we get um so if you've sent in a question or if you want to, you can check out the website. So many, uh, we call it Asked and Answered. And that's just Stephen um, giving us all kinds of wisdom based on the questions that you guys send in. Well, I am excited about today's topic. It's Me going too. to be all about the cure for anxiety. Boom. Boom. There it is. A big <laughs> one, right? Huge, huge. Especially here in a Western culture. I think it's epidemic. Yeah. I know, yeah, it is. The amount of phobias. It's crazy, isn't it? I talk to so many people, family, friends, um, or just people that we meet through through this business and and it, it a lot of them just say it, it's just an anxious feeling it's not they don't even know what the source is it's just they wake up with anxiety get they go through the day it plagues them they use the word plague um so i'm excited about this the cure we're going to figure out the cure for that anxiety there is a cure and it is once and for all and that's what's amazing it doesn't matter if it's a phobia if it is uh some kind of um Oh, I don't know that uh, there's a chemical imbalance. Maybe uh, you're just is something like, I'm just afraid to go outside. Or I'm afraid of, I fear those three holes on the back of an iPhone. It's a real thing. I Googled uh, it. <laughs> it I Googled is, isn't it? it. <laughs> isn't that amazing? But yes. It, it, like you said, most of the time we don't even know where it's coming from. Or it could be something like, I don't want to go to work today because I don't like my boss. It could be things that you are aware of, or it could quite literally just be this this feeling of doom and gloom, and it just takes over your life, and you just basically feel like crap all the time, and you don't know why. There is a cure for it, and the reason that I am so sure of this, I've been doing this for 20 years. In fact, I'm the founder of The Kinetic Belief and have helped tens of thousands of people, uh, not only here in the United States, but worldwide. I've been doing it uh, through television and live in stadiums and in different forums. I'm excited, though, again, to be here back in a podcast, if this is the first time for you. We've got a lot that we're going to be covering today. I'm going to do my best to squeeze it in in the one hour that we have. Uh, If if you've only got four or five minutes uh, to be with us, pause it. You can always come back, catch up. You don't want to miss today's broadcast because we are going to absolutely reveal the cure for anxiety. I did hear one time somebody said, um, 
they said, oh, I just have this anxiety. What should I do? And their friend said, well, you should probably eat right, exercise, get sunshine, don't stay at home, turn the lights on, socialize, uh, become gregarious. And then they said, I, I think I'd rather have anxiety. <laughs> right. Right. It sounded like you were sculpting somebody. Maybe that's, instead of going to the gym, you, well, know, you we look start, great. Yeah. You'll still be anxious, though. Right. I thought we should start with a good anxiety joke. <clears throat> that's really so. fun. <laughs> Well, you know, everybody, Megan, is, first of all, um, it's so important to understand and to realize that you are not one of, uh, of the masses. You are someone that is special. You are an individual. There are no spiritual birth effects, in fact. You were created magnificently perfect. Your ideas are unique. There is genius in every single person. And it's so important that you stir yourself up in that every day. Before you even get out of the bed, realize and recognize and admit to yourself that you are amazing. You are beautiful. Your ideas are worthy, worthy of being expressed. And that there are what I call border bullies in everyone's life. And that are those are the people that have access to you. And for whatever reason it is, it could be low self-esteem, it could be because they're wanting to manipulate you and control you into keeping you down and not to be a competitor with them. Uh, all of it comes back to the fact and the point that you are in a world that competes one with the other. And because of that competition, then it creates this unwarranted amount of stress and anxiety and a lot of it we cannot pinpoint we don't know where it's coming from but that is the catalyst and the gist for most of it is not recognizing and realizing how special you are because we are a word we were using this morning pinging off of the ideas and and opinions of other people which then uh, it is a, an affront to our own self-image and the affront creates anxiety worry depression all of those things that, that we're dealing with, a feeling of worrying about something uh, and, and an uncertain outcome, because if you're told you're not worthy, if you're told that you are, your ideas are that they suck, that they're not up to standard, if you're told this and you believe that, then it's always going to result in this uncertainty or an unexpected outcome to your labor or to your efforts. Let's say you've got a job and it's paying you $60,000 a year and you're continually being told that your ideas are not up to par, they're not as good as mine, or you're not as good as someone else. The, the backstabbing, the, the gossip at the water fountain, all those things result in anxiety and, and, and an uncertain outcome. So the first thing we do is to deal with those by recognizing that, guess what? Your ideas are amazing and there is a genius on the inside of you. And so that's where we're going to begin today. I love that you have already hit on uh, the importance of individualism and that each person does have their own unique giftings and purpose. Um, it's, it's really hard sometimes throughout the day when you feel like you're just lost in the crowd, lost in the noise of society. Uh, there are billions of people in this world, and sometimes it's hard to believe that, that you matter. Well, what everybody needs to know and understand is, is that when we go through the process of trying to unload this unnecessary anxiety, which we need to do because it leads to all kinds of health problems, mental issues, but your search for, well, let's just say revelation knowledge regarding bringing into your life a perfected inner vision of who you are as part of this universe, as created and the substance of all of your thoughts and ideas, all of your aspirations, there's an actual substance to that. And it's being attracted by the individualism of who you are. And so it's already there and it's already accessible. And the, the challenge is, is to leapfrog over the negativity that's in your life, the negativity that you've been allowing to come in and bombard your thoughts with, not only in, in the workplace, not only in traffic, but on television, in the news, in politics, uh, at home with family, you've got holidays coming up and you're already anxious about the conversations that you're gonna have with the siblings or with mom or dad and, and the the perceived judgments that you believe other people are gonna be passing on you, be it true or not, it's still real to you. There's a real substance to that. So the revelation of who you are and what your individual beautiful purpose is in this life, right in that place is going to be the beginning to the answer to your hopes, 
and your aspirations for change. And once and for all, rolling all the cares in your life off of your back and then your best imaginations for creating the most perfected life that you could possibly live while on planet Earth is now going to be setting the bar for where you're going to begin tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And you get up every morning now with this high expectation of self, not others, but of self, not because you're getting up to go out here and change the world or change the ideas and opinions of other people. When you want change, you are readily moving into a position of changing yourself, changing your own expectations for self, not to meet the expectations of others, but your own expectations, if that makes any sense. It absolutely does. And you just mentioned rolling cares off of your back. How would someone approach that? You're sitting there, you have this heavy burden sort of just sitting on you. What's the first step to moving those cares off of you and onto something else? Well, the first step there is to, again, putting yourself first place. Even if you are not the one that's writing yourself, let's say, for example, in the workplace, you're not writing the paycheck to yourself every week. And so in a lot of people's mind, well, I've got to be a people pleaser. I've got to please the boss. I've got to be uh, always pleasing my spouse. I'm, you're, you're seeing yourself as the one that's doing all of the pleasing. That's the first place you have to go to and understand that, No, number one, the number one person in your life that you must please is yourself. And if you have to unbecome some relationships and get rid of some things in your life and create a vacuum so that the universe can pour this good substance in of your desires back into that vacuum that you purpose to create, then that's where you begin. But become a positive believer for the best life for yourself that is the only option for beginning to to roll the cares of the world off of your back and because the the perfected life is one where you are advancing your sound mind and a, a strong body and you're advancing a, a, your own purpose and your will and you're doing that and you're transforming your soul it's becoming determined to become a better representation of your uniqueness. So not trying to conform to the ideas and thoughts and opinions of others, but conforming to your individualism. What would you say to the person that says, you know, making yourself the number one person to please is, it sounds kind of selfish. Well, and that's a, that's a great point because the world would have you to believe that improving yourself or enriching yourself is selfish. But someone that's saying that you're selfish by doing that is really a selfish person because they're wanting you to expend your energy and effort and, and wealth on them. So they're going to say, you're selfish. Why? Because you're not giving it to me. <laughs> well, guess what? If you're not building yourself up to become the best version of yourself, if you're not enriching yourself so that you can travel the world and expand your horizons, then you will have less to give of yourself. So first self, uh, put your, yourself in first place so that you can be a benefit to other people. You have less to offer if you believe that you don't need to enrich yourself if you believe the accusations of others. There's something that's very, uh, I don't know how to really put this. There's something, uh, mystical is not the right word, but it is a very real paradigm of this, the world that we're in. There are two forces at work. There's good and there's evil. Most people under the influence of one or the other are not aware of it. And there's, so there's not necessarily an agenda. In fact, if you were to ask or if you could drill down psychologically into the, the, the mental uh, thoughts, uh, the, the way people are interacting with each other, most everybody, even, even uh, let's say that a, a nation that the United States is at war with, most everybody is going through their day with best intentions. Their intentions are good. But what we do is we judge each other by the things that you do rather than your own good intentions. You may have good intentions when you get up in the morning and you go into the office and you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. However, the work that you're doing, it, it's, uh, it, it, looks, it looks pretty bad. So um, esteeming the thoughts and opinions of other people is always going to get you in trouble. You have to elevate yourself, and then other people, they'll not only uh, benefit from it, but they'll learn from it. They'll respect you for it. 
And so that's called self-love. And yes, the world will say you're being selfish by doing that. But you've got to stir yourself up in your unique purpose because you are beautifully designed. You are a creator. There is no one that's better than you. There's no one that's worse than you. We are all equal in this world as far as the way is who we are with a mind, body, spirit, and soul. All of us are equal creators. And by that, I mean you can receive what you imagine. There's a, there is a process of attraction that begins in the substance of what you're hoping for. And so it's imperative, Megan, that we, in rolling the cares of this world off of our back, that we're stirring up that substance of purpose in, uh, in our mind, in our thoughts. In quantum physics, the, the particles of attraction that exists, which would, were proven in the, the, the laboratory to exist, the particles of attraction, they continue in force. And what we now know is that where there is a strong belief in, in an individual and in a human being, there is a strong force there that it gives you the ability to receive what you're believing for. What do you think is a really good go-to physical work that someone could do could participate in as a part of their cure for anxiety something they could do oh my goodness so the best thing the 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 absolutely best thing for anyone to do that's wanting to change their life and certainly for the cure of anxiety which was what we're talking about today but if you were wanting to to create uh, wealth in your life if you're wanting to get rid of sickness or disease in the body, whatever it is, but for attracting uh, a cure for the anxiety, the, the only way in my mind to, to do that is to begin the process of journaling your life. Um, guided journaling is a wonderful way to do that because what this does is it creates a continuum of thought from day to day to day. The way that we're wired is that we are emotional beings. And emotions change from day to day, and they change from external factors. Something happens to you, and so you have an emotional response to that. The emotion then creates a typical way of thinking, and then the, that thinking creates a belief system. And so without the process of a continuum of journaling, then we become victims to our feelings and, the, and what's going on in the world and the news and the thoughts of other people and the phone call you weren't expecting or something unexpected at the office happens. And so journaling is the quickest way to begin establishing the cure for uh, anxiety. That's a wonderful point. Um, I think journaling al always feels as though you're organizing your thoughts, your feelings, your I, your hopes, your dreams to put them down on paper is so all sensory. It's, it's this very sensory experience. You know, you're seeing it, you're saying it, you're writing it, you're reading it. Um, so that that's a wonderful point. I have a quick question, sort of a side question here. I've heard a theory recently that anxiety is so high in the United States because life is so easy here. Um, I guess easy is subjective to whoever's saying it, but I've heard quite a few people basically say that no one is really that challenged anymore, um, especially in Western civilization, so that could be here, Europe. Um, but I just wanted to get your take on that. Well, and you're right. That's, that is part of it. Being unchallenged is another way of saying you're untethered to an outcome. And anytime you have a feeling or a sense that there is an uncertain outcome, that always leads to anxiety. There is a fear of the unknown. And so the less you're involved with your future, the more that will produce an anxiety. The more you are dependent upon uh, someone else for support, uh, for ideas, for being put into a mold, for following after the thoughts and ideas of other people, that actually has the opposite effect of peace and security. And what it does is it does create anxiety. It's almost as if it, you're allowing yourself to become um, solely dependent, almost a victim to um, all of these things that are set in place to basically it's just a lot of uh, safety nets <laughs> that are in place for you. Right. And so what we do is we become actively involved in our future. We become actively involved in our day-to-day -day creative energies. Kinetic belief is an amazing concept. And when you begin to understand how it works, what it does is it puts you back into the driver's seat of your life, thereby curing any kind of anxiety that would ever try to take over in your life. Kinetic belief, what kinetic energy is? Well, let's just take art, for example. Art depends on movement. 
some kind of movement for its effect. You can parlay that into anyone's life. Kinetic energy depends on movement for its positive effect. In other words, relating to or resulting from motion. And so from the act of journaling and the continuum of journaling, by that I mean you're, when, when you are using a guided process of journaling, the guided part is keeping you focused on what you're wanting to attract or create or move toward in your life. That's imperative to then you expressing your thoughts and ideas according to the predetermined kinetic part of your journaling. So what we do is when we begin journaling our expectations, we're creating a kinetic movement or energy toward a thought process that doesn't turn to the left or the right, that's not affected by the sensory mechanisms. It's not affected by what you see, what you hear, what, you, what somebody else tells you, what the bad news is of the day, or even the good news. You don't want to be affected by any type of outsourced influences in this, and this world is full of influencers, people that have access to you, that shouldn't have access to you be it positive or negative. What you want to do is capture your own thoughts, capture your purpose, become mindful of it, put it into your conscious so that you can then journal it, maintain it, kinetically believe it from day to day to day to day. Why is that important? Time is then working in our favor. It's working for us. The substance of faith, the substance of what we believe for, it's like a servant out in the field, and it continues working, building the very thing that you're believing for. And as soon as you stop believing, some out, uh, other influence comes in and says, "Well, I just don't believe that. That uh, I don't believe that you have the kind of the kind of money that you say that you have. I know that you've been believing that you have a million dollars. Well, I don't see it. And then all of a sudden, you say, "Well." Well, that sucks. I don't see it either. So I kind of believe what this person told me that, by the way, I'm not sure how they had access into my life. But since they do, I believe what, they, what they're saying. That negative influencer then changes what I've been believing. And your unseen substance of what you have been hoping for, that servant out in the field that is creating the thing you are attracting into your life, stops working. It leaves it out in the field, and it's not going to then manifest into your life because you were distracted by the thoughts and influences of someone else. That's a wonderful point that just as your anxiety has momentum to it and it builds and builds and builds and becomes this sort of monster in your life, the cure for anxiety has momentum as well. And if you, you're feeding one or the other at all times with your energy, either feeding your anxiety and that will grow and manifest or you are feeding the cure for it. I love that concept of, of a worker out in the field and, and that, that it can actually work for you. Um, it's not all on you. It's not, you know, kinetic belief is your friend. It's your help. It's this huge asset that you have in your life. You are, that's correct. And the kinetic part of this is what people need to understand is that the, 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 the way this works is movement, it, comes, it goes in two different directions. You are attracting the thing that you're believing for while you are moving toward what you are attracting. If you do half of that, if let's say that you're, just, you're the only thing moving and you don't have a sustained thought that you're moving toward, there's nothing coming toward you, you're only going to get half of what you were believing for, if you were even believing for anything. So you've got to move toward, you've got to work your imagination, believe for the outcome of what you're expecting, and then move in the direction of that. If we had thought as a nation, for example, when we determined that we were going to the moon, what's the first thing that happened? Well, they got rocket scientists together. They got all the engineers and the, uh, the, the crews and people that would be required for going to the moon, and they began kinetically moving toward the idea, the image, the imagination of landing on the moon. And so the attraction of that was coming toward, uh, toward men and, and, and women and people, and we were moving toward that as well. So there is whatever you think about is what you're going to attract. Whatever you think about is what you're going to move toward. And so the journaling part of this keeps you focused. It keeps you 
on track moving toward that. It's the blinders that keeps you from being distracted by the thoughts and ideas and opinions of others, even if their opinions are good. You know, the best idea is your idea. There may be a better idea, but if you're, if you're always jumping ship for what you believe to be a better idea, you will not attract or move toward anything. You, you're being tossed to and fro by the best ideas. So the best idea is the one idea that you start with. Hold on to that. Keep your eyes and your focus on that. Keep moving toward that. Make your plans toward that. Set appointments toward that. Make phone calls toward that. Learn something. Go to school. Take another course. That's your kinetic energy moving toward the thing that you're attracting, bringing into your life. How do I develop enough self-confidence to look in the mirror and go, your ideas are the best and you can do this and this is your purpose and everyone else is maybe wrong, but this is what you're doing and it's the best idea because, um, you know, honestly, that, that feels like it would be difficult to say. Well, the best way to know is to, and the best way to check that is it, how exciting was it to you? Where did it come from? Was it completely the idea of someone else's or did it come from in the, on the inside of you from self-reflection? The best way to do that is to get away from the noise of the world, get away from the ideas of other people and self-reflect. Turn your ideas, your thoughts, your mind on the inside of you. Who are you? What makes you unique? What do you aspire to? What excites you? What do you, what do you find passion for? And then make sure you write those ideas and those thoughts down. You have to ask the question. If you'll ask those questions, the answers will come to you. It's always been fascinating when you talk about looking inward, making it about you, because you always, you've always said that when you make it about you, you're making it about everyone else. If you look inside and you find that singular purpose that you were put here for, that allows you to contribute. It allows you to build others up. And it's just, it's this really beautiful, natural way to make your life all about you, but all about everyone else too. What a wonderful balance. And it is imperative to do that because if uh, at the end of the day, if all you've done is make your life just about you, well, you end up all alone and there's no reward in that. I think that's where a lot of anxiety comes from too. When, you know, a lot of, um, for example, I realized that my fear of public speaking would pop in every time I would obsess about myself and when I was being well for lack of a better word selfish um, but when I made it about them and about the people I was speaking to if I had to and, and I'm not talking on a large scale I mean give me 10 people in a retirement home and I would get so nervous but you know that's it's not about me but it is about me. It's that's, a funny balance. That's the paradoxical thing of being a, a, a creative human. And it has mm, to be yes. about you for it to be about anybody else. To give of yourself, you have to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. You have to be walking in an unconditional love towards self. What does that mean? That means loving yourself according to your individual creativity, the individual person that you were created to be. And when you are magnifying that, now you've got something to offer of yourself. If you're not loving yourself, then you're giving a broken, fractured part of you to everyone else. Mm, that's a wonderful point. How do, how do you find balance in taking care of yourself, focusing on yourself, making sure that that you're in in good spirits and that you're mentally sound and that you're healthy versus giving of yourself to others. How do you find that balance so you don't go too far in one direction and it sort of throws that paradigm out of whack? Well, the way you do that, first of all, is recognize that anytime it's taking virtue from you, you're giving something of yourself that you should not. You need to hold on to the essence of who you are and so that the the uh, extravagant part of you is what you give, the excess part of you, the more than enough part of you. And it's when you, when you allow yourself to be filled up to the overflowing, it's the overflowing that you can freely give to everybody else. But if you start chiseling away at the essence of who you are, you're reducing yourself and diminishing yourself to where you have nothing left to give of value. So um, I, I feel like this could be a difficult question for a lot of people. 
What do you do with the people that are in your life? And by in your life, I mean they are in. Maybe it's a spouse, a parent, a, 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 they're very someone very close to you is sucking you dry. They are, you know, maybe you have an idea and they give you this really weird look like you've lost your mind or or they're just constantly taking and taking and taking and they're not growing from it it's not a it's not benefiting them um how do you sort of you know shave those people off or out of your life well that's a great point and uh, i'm glad you asked the question because so many people i would say most people would relate the same situation or scenario in the same way. And the problem with that is the thing that you just described requires a willingness. No one can take and take and take unless you're standing there enabling them to take and take and take. So guess what? You're not a victim. You are enabling someone to abuse you. You are enabling abusers in your life to take what doesn't belong to them. So draw the line and respect yourself love yourself enough to say who has access into my life is this a negative person or is it a positive person and here's the check and you should write it you should write this down is this person edifying celebrating and championing me because if they're not then it's someone that doesn't need to have access into your life draw the line how do i how do i draw that line i mean and, and the question is coming from a place of habit I think these I think relational habits are some of the hardest to break and because it's repetitive and maybe it's even gone on for decades what is the first step to breaking those strongholds and those bad relational habits you have to get into the habit replace unbecome those habits by becoming a habitual kinetic belief law of attraction guided journaler you have got to journal your way out of this and by journaling you're going to be able to break any habit uh, habits of anxiety habit bad habits for health uh, if you're overweight this is how you you get to the weight that you want to be if you in the physical shape you want to be this is how you get rid of disease or sickness in your body this is how you become a millionaire this is how you have friends and and family around you that love you celebrate you uh, champion you build you up and edify you because that's what you're doing for them you're going to edify them and build them up and champion them and celebrate them and if you're not doing that you're getting exactly what you deserve journaling gets you out of not only the habit of enabling people to abuse you, but it also gets you out of the habit of being an abuser to people around you. It sounds like journaling perfectly fits your description of what you refer to as a positive disruption. Positive disruption is absolutely necessary. And the only way to get to that positive disruption is by deciding and purposing to to have an introspective vision of who you are, of all good things, of a good purpose in your life, for all things possible. And what that then does, Megan, is through that positive journaling, it's going to reveal the source for everything that you are wanting to perfect in your life. You've talked a lot about um, capturing your thoughts and bringing those into a place where you can sift through them kick out the negative stuff, replace it with positive. And I love the idea of journaling for that. It makes it so simple to pin your all of your thoughts and then decipher what you should keep, what you should throw away, what you need to replace. And I'd like you to talk for a moment about replacing thoughts because you can't just get rid of a negative thought from what I understand. (laughs) You have to replace it with something else. Mm -hmm. Does that require just journaling? Is that words? Uh, How do you, again, this is another bad habit that we're trying to break. Well, first of all, understand there's a difference between having a negative thought and then maintaining and dwelling on a negative thought. That's the thing that produces. When you, when you speak something that uh, a negative thought, when you put the form of, of sound and words to it, your things and when you do that what you're doing is now you're beginning to amplify and kinetically draw the force of that substance of that thought into your life not only are you drawing it to you but you're moving yourself toward it to to the place where it then manifests so as you negatively dwell on a thought you are creating the circumstance for that thought that's why people that dwell on Uh, The thing that is, uh, let's say, uh, that they're anxious about will continue to have that that's the substance of that anxiety in their life. If you dwell on having lack in your bank account, you'll continue to have lack in your bank account. The solution to lack is the thought process of having more than enough. So 
on the quantum level of particle attraction, and I, I always hesitate to go into this area in, in a podcast because it can get deep, and, and, uh, but I think it's important for our listeners to understand that there is a science to the faith that we're discussing here. Gratitude is not simply an attitude of, a, of, a, of a appreciation. Gratitude is a force of creation. It is activating electrons to assemble matter according to expectation. The expectations moving toward that matter that you've assembled. In the same way observation changes uh, a wave of energy to vibrating particles. And so understanding that the importance of rolling the cares of the world off of our backs and, and not being responsible for uh, the way that people are abusing us if, if you, you have to turn the corner in understanding that we are absolutely in control of everything, but by faith, by expectations, not through manipulation, by being creators and creative rather than competitive. Stop enabling people that are abusing you. It doesn't matter if it's a spouse. Well, it matters. I don't want to say that. It does matter. And hopefully it's not. But I just is, heard a billion people oh go, it gosh. matters to me. Yeah, it, matters. it does matter. But there, I guess it, the, 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 thing that, the thing of it is, is that you are an, an enabler. And as hard as it is to say this, and I, I do, uh, I feel for people that have to go through something as tough as being with someone that is abusive. But guess what? You have, and, and, and a lot of people don't like to hear this, but you, you're enabling it because you're, you're not, you, you don't have to be in that. You don't have to allow that. You've got to educate yourself on these things. And you've got to understand that, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying pack your bags and get out of there. And I'm not saying not to. What I'm saying is don't enable it and draw the line and let someone know in love, speak into their life and say, you know what? This is not right. This is not good for you and it's not good for me. I love you. And since I love you, I need to tell you right now, that the way you speak to me is not is not good and, and and the way that i've been speaking to you has not been edifying and encouraging to you and so i'm putting you on notice right now that from this day forward i'm only going to champion you and i am going to encourage you and i'm going to build you up and i am going to uh, do all these things that i believe is correct for you and I expect the same from you. Now, you may or may not get it, but what you've done is you've drawn the line in that relationship. And then you need to kinetically journal. You need to be positively journaling exactly what those expectations are so that you don't move off of that. You are at ground zero now. And what's happening is you are reestablishing your life to be perfected in these relationships, perfected in the area of anxiety, perfected in your finances, perfecting every area, your health, all of this. And the best part about this, the beautiful thing about this, if you're willing to do this forever, you'll never have to do it for long. Change will come so fast into your life. It will not take years. This is going to happen almost overnight. And you're going to wake up one day and go, oh my goodness, how did this happen? How did I, how, everything is so amazing now. What happened? What happened is, is you took a stance, you, you journaled to believe for that changing in your life and it happens quickly. Something that's really exciting about admitting that you're an enabler is you're literally admitting that you're in control. If you can enable someone to treat you poorly, you can enable someone to treat you well. And I love, I love the concept of saying that when I admit that I've enabled this negative thing, that means that I'm in the driver's seat now. Why don't we just go around enabling the good things and the positive things and the positive people? Um, I just love that, though, when you sort of admit that to yourself, that you're now in the driver's seat. Well, that's loving yourself and it's, it's unconditionally loving people around you. And then what'll happen is from the outside looking in, somebody will watch you in relationship with someone and they, they will say, well, boy, so-and-so, they sure are taking advantage of you. And your response will be, no one can take advantage when I'm giving it. I love that. That's powerful. That's really powerful. I wanted to talk for a moment about outside influencers. What role do you believe that outside, and, and I don't mean people, I mean things that we are observing, reading, watching, listening to. What role do you think those in, outside influencers have on our this epidemic of anxiety? 
Well, they have all they have just the bulk of the the uh, influence on you, and uh, that's that is the issue, and that we've been talking about today is that first of all, there should be no outside influences, and I, and I know that sounds like you're in a dreamland when you when you say that nobody's going to influence me, but you've got to be in control of your influencers. You have to decide what you're going to put before your eyes and into your ears. Choose wisely what you watch in entertainment, the fables, the facts, the fiction. It can be a, a true story about something awful that just is going on right now on the other side of the world. Do you really want to consume that and have it become part of the essence of who you are? Because it's a negative influencer, and the same holds true with people. I always felt like when I when I watch something negative about the world that I quite literally can do nothing about, that is a major anxiety trigger. Absolutely. Observation creates. Observation creates. You should write that down if you if you're not driving right observation crew what you are observing and that's not only true in, in thought processes but they proved it in the laboratory just by the mere uh, uh, act of observing particles and the nature of particles that constitute matter it reacts to the substance of imagination imagination is just another it's a bigger fancier word for observation for example when you are observing or Particles, they actually move through the universe in waves. But as soon as they are observed, they stop moving in waves and they become particles. Observation creates. And so while comparing yourself with somebody else will attract variations on a theme, uh, it'll attract what they're doing. You, you leave a movie theater watching Superman and you think you can fly. You go to a baseball game and you watch the athletes play. You think you can play baseball. Observation uh, through com comparisons will attract variations on that for the perfected life, the original you. Uh, you've got to be the source for your ambitions in order to become that elevated, perfected version of who you were created to be. The reason you were manifested into the physical is so that you can be an expression of the genius that exists in you. Everybody has that genius. That also means that feeding on positive podcasts like this one, going to the website, looking at the Q&As, uh, reading positive blogs, just absolutely every day, constantly, consistently immersing yourself in in the mindset that you're trying to cultivate within yourself is vital. Listening to this podcast, going to the website, getting the, the guided journals, all of these things are, it's the, the genius of purpose is manifested when you take control of your life and, and put yourself in control rather than being controlled by others. That's the way that this works. It's really a form of pushing back against all of the negativity, all of the toxic influences in the world. You have to have a plan, a plan of action to push back against, because I think the world in its natural state goes negative. When it's unchecked, it goes negative. And so you really have to put this plan in place to combat all of that for yourself. It will not just happen to you. Right. You have to make it happen. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about celebrating other people. Well, celebrate yourself. Celebrate who you are. Celebrate the individualism, uh, who, what makes you unique. And if you feel like, oh, well, I'm just I'm too humble to do that. Well, guess what? You didn't create you. So get <laughs> over it. <laughs> you you did not make you, okay? But what you what your obligation is all of us have an obligation is to celebrate the masterpiece that was created that we represent there are two parts of you the one you you had nothing to do with you came into this world with with genius already created on the inside of you to be expressed for the glory of creation into the lives of others around you that you had nothing to do with your responsibility though is to become the curator of the museum that holds your work of art on the wall and to say over here everybody i want you to see this magnificent work and you can do this that actually is the is is humbling yourself into the ideas and opinions of the master creator that created you this special work of art that you are that's really beautiful i want to talk for just a few final minutes here you've referenced the flow that we can all get into quite a bit in your teaching. Uh, kinetic belief in itself has a very real motion to it. And you've talked a lot about the flow of life. It seems that anxiety sets in when you become stagnant, when you stop, 
when you sort of, I guess a nice visual would be you're sort of uh, chucking down this river in a kayak and then you get out and you just stand there and you're stagnant. Um, I want to just hear from you the importance of getting into that flow, how to stay in it, and um, just how to make the most of all this kinetic effort that we're putting out. It's pretty simple. And you know what? The evidence that your desire is going to manifest is going to be the advancements of the advancement of your belief. The evidence of the advancement of your belief is your kinetic journaling. If you will stay with it. In fact, I would challenge you to kinetically journal uh, through guided journaling. Just do it for 100 days and have a theme for it. I, I would, that's the challenge. 100 days of it is all it would take. That's the evidence that your desire will manifest. It will come to pass. The kinetic believer acts like things that are not yet seen already are. The created desire, it, it, it doesn't stop. It never stops believing. It never stops uh, believing based on what they see. It never takes a, a measure of what they are believing to come to pass by what they now see. So again, and, and I say it often, if you're willing to stay that course or wait forever, you're never going to wait for long because the law of attraction is commanded by you as a kinetic believer for original substance to manifest. We were all created with an ability to imagine what we see. The professional, you know, Tiger Woods imagined, imagined as a five-year-old beating Jack Nicholson, beating Arnold Palmer on the golf course, could see it, imagined it. The tennis players do that. The billionaires have done it. Presidents do it. You and I do the same thing. You are the final authority for attracting your perfected life, whatever it is, health, wealth, anxiety, relationships, marriage, whatever it is. As long as you live by what you see, you're going to keep having what you've got. We, trans, we, we translate our lives and move our lives forward and advance it, advance our soul, mind, body, physically, becoming that perfected uh, vision of what we imagine our physical body to look like, mental health, whatever it is. We obtain that by first imagining to have it and then going on as though it's already done. An interesting theme has, has come through during this conversation um, of developing consistency through creating new habits. Because I always think that the beginning is obviously the easiest part because we're so excited. We have, let's say we get the journal, we're so gung-ho, we are ready to go here. Excitement, excitement, excitement. And then two weeks in, ugh, my anxiety's back. I feel like crud. Why isn't this working? Um, but those new habits and that consistency is going to be what sort of saves you through this process. Right. And again, you're talking about being controlled by feelings and emotions rather than the purpose and willful intent of maintaining the conviction of your imagination. And, and you do that, you maintain the conviction and that's it. Maintain the conviction, maintain your convictions of imagination. How do you do that? You do it without considering any variations. You don't consider any alternatives. Don't consider any ideas from anyone else. Don't consider a better plan and certainly don't consider a worse one. The universal law of attraction, which all it's actually secondary to the law of kinetic belief. It arranges all of your opportunities. The, the, often it's a serendipitous moment that has shown up for creating your expected desires, but you're always moving toward that through the process of guided journaling. And that's the exciting thing that you just said, that seren the part that serendipity plays in all of this because you're journaling, you're believing, and then all of a sudden these totally unexpected things start to pop into your life. Positive action, positive influence, positive people start, because you're attracting yourself to them, you're moving toward that thing, they're moving toward you. That's when it becomes, I think, really fun when you see those things showing up. Serendipity is a word used by the world watching this stuff. Well, that couldn't have been expected. Well, look at that. That wasn't, uh, how did that happen? Well, as a kinetic believer, guess what you're doing? You are expecting the unexpected. You are expecting the miracle. You are expecting to be free from 
cancer. You are expecting to no longer be anxious over wide open spaces. You're expecting to not be uh, tormented by the three holes on the back of a phone. You are expecting these things to show up in your life. And then the motion of that kinetic belief journaling, it continues working to attract your perfected desire as long as it's the last image that you had for your desire. That's important. What is the last thought, the last image? What are you maintaining? And that's going to then tell you what the conviction of your imagination is is going to, to turn out being for you. It's so exciting to think that improvement and change really is possible. And I, I've always felt that the anxiety builds up in the time of anticipation, in the time leading up to the actual doing of a thing. Um, so I think the success and the joy and the relief from anxiety comes in the doing, in the process of just starting. That is a great point. You know, Megan, so many people will, for example, dream of becoming rich, of winning the lottery. Uh, someone that was that's been sick for years, you know, imagines or dreams of one day no longer being sick. And sad to say, from the perspective, or actually if you were just counting the dreamers, few actually ever do achieve what they're dreaming for. Without purpose, what happens is without purpose, there's actually a fear of success or a fear of lack, a fear of not actually winning the lottery or becoming healthy again. Something happens uh, in the universe where there is any kind of a fear. That which is feared will actually oppose you. You will manifest that thing just as surely as you will uh, the good thing that you're believing for. A person who's controlled by um, fear, negative emotions, they become actually victimized by those circumstances. And the one that can control their emotions and you do it through positive journaling, staying in your lane, keeping the keeping the the blinders on so that you're not turning to the left or to the right you can attract anything that you desire it doesn't matter what it is you can go to the moon you can start that new company that new business you can achieve that amount of wealth that you see yourself achieving you can be free from cancer you can t- you can turn that disease on its heel and you can confound the physicians and the doctors and they will they won't know what happened and they will lose those those x-rays and some of those test results that were saying that you had what they now cannot find you see yourself possessing all of those imaginations while fully administering the benefits toward advancing your purposeful life. You get busy coming up with a purpose for your success. Uh, you, you find that all of a sudden you have a need for a billion dollars. You don't just want it just to have it, but now there is an actual purpose behind all of that. You see, all of us were fashioned in the image of a creator, and we were put on this earth with dominion and authority. Why? It's just for no other reason than for advancing and enjoying the the advancing of life. Something that's really cool to remember is that everything we're talking about is based in science. It's based around the concept of that God particle. Kinegg belief is a sure thing. So I love the idea of, of beginning this process of curing anxiety. And it's not a will it happen, I hope it happens. If it happens, it's a sure thing. You can enter the process knowing that it's going to happen. Just, I love your moon analogy, going to the moon, because they didn't get in the rocket going, gosh, I hope we get there. I hope this red button works. Um, They knew every inch of that rocket, and they knew why it would work. Sometimes it's not easy to understand just how amazing you are when you're the one that's amazing. (laughs) That's really great. You have within you all power and all authority to be able to create in the physical whatever it is you imagine to create. So become ambitious. And every day, be ambitious. Think bigger than big. And by seeking those expectations of that, that knowing on the inside of you, it will show up. And don't turn and listen to the negativity. There is so easy to doubt yourself. But you have absolute authority to manifest original substance at any time you ever choose to do that, for good or bad. And so I would just say choose wisely. And you know something? We keep talking about the cure for anxiety. What actually will begin to happen is you'll be, all of a sudden there will be no anxiety. It will be like there 
was nothing that had to be cured. All of a sudden, there's no anxiety, and you wake up one day, and you hear the birds singing, and you are optimistic. You're full of joy and happiness. You have expectations for good things showing up in your life. And so those good expectations now manifest inside of you intrinsically, optimistically, in a way that cures all anxiety. Anxiety is nothing but fear of, of uh, uncertain outcome. But as a kinetic journaling believer, now you have a certain expectation for the outcome, and so there's no more anxiety. Well, and that's a wonderful point. I think so many of us... Um, not that we know we're waiting on something, but so many of us believe and feel that we kind of need permission. We need permission to, to live the, our best life. And maybe we need someone just to, I mean, goodness, whoever receives real true encouragement anymore. We're all so focused on, on getting our own thing done. Um, I mean, sometimes I just feel like that's what's missing. Well, the person that's always needing permission is typically one that has low self-esteem and someone that is plagued by low self-esteem typically is somebody that through their childhood was told what they uh, was, was always being told who they are and what they represent. You're no good or you, you got this grade on your paper. So you are a C person. You are a D person. You are wow. an F person. And I was told many times I was an F person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throughout <laughs> my whole life. And I don't mean life. just in a grade on a paper either. But, I was told that last week. <laughs> but what it. happens is you start to measure yourself by the estimations of others. Wow, yeah. You are special. You are a creator. You are unique. There's not any other person, never has been and never will be, that's just like you. You were created in the image of a creator who there is, there's no fault with. The only fault with anybody that's on this planet is one that's been preconceived and labeled uh, and put on you to believe and adhere to and rely on. And the truth of it is, is that if you're on this planet right now and you have breath in your lungs, you are, you are priceless. There's not another one like you. You have genius on the inside of you. So you no, long, you no longer need permission from anybody to do anything. Become who you are, the greatest part of you. Express that. Walk in that. Love that. Fall in love with yourself. And then look deep within and get away from the noise of the world. Get away from the thoughts and ideas and opinions of anybody else. I don't care if it's your mom or the one that says she loves you more than anybody else. Get away from her opinions and thoughts long enough to look deep within and ask yourself, why are you here? What makes you special? What are your giftings? Ask that genius to speak to you, and it will, and reveal itself to you, and it will. And then champion yourself, edify yourself, become in love with yourself, and start writing these things down. When these thoughts and ideas come, it'll be like a bird flying over, and if you don't take a snapshot, you'll never see it again. Write it down when you see, when you see it, when you hear it, when you feel it. And as you write it down, believe it and adhere to it and rely on it. And then keep revisiting those thoughts and imaginations. Do it in the morning. Do it when you break at noon. And do it again at night before you lay down to go to sleep. Stir it up on the inside of you tomorrow morning. And do it again and again and again. And you'll find yourself, you'll start moving toward it. And guess what? It's moving toward you until it manifests, perfecting your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul, advancing all of these to where you can enjoy a perfected life while you're here in the land of the living. That's so exciting. I am very stirred up. I feel like I have permission to go and do and, and believe and speak and say and live any way, anyhow I need to. Thank you. Well, I, and you know, just one final thought in when it comes to journaling, and this is something that I've been doing all my life and it's changed me. It's, I've become a concert pianist without studying piano. I've healed my body. I've healed, I've been there and agreed with others. And, uh, I, there was a woman in tumors fell from her face into the palm of her hands. And it all comes from journaling and continuing to believe and believe and believe and believe. And so the guided journal that we've created, I've created this. And many of the things we've been talking about today, they're in the journal. And these are the things that stir these thoughts up into your, your own mind. 
And then you're encouraged to write, write out these expressions of the purpose within you and to revisit them day to day to day. And on each page, Megan, and as you know, the, it's beautifully designed. There's artwork throughout it so that you don't hurry through the process and you want to uh, elongate and prolong your stay with each page and to where you are communing with it and, it and it becomes part of you and you become part of it and it's a work of art and so it's something that i've seen it help so many people myself included and you too and all of us we're just as you get into the practice a practice of a quiet gratitude and uh, understanding that within you you have all power and all authority to create then you have this this uh, uh, freedom and permission to become ambitious every day by seeking the the expectations of the creator that's on the inside of you wow well that is um, a hard wrap on the cure for anxiety if anyone listening has any additional questions about this topic please visit us at stephencanyon.com or you can even go to kineticbelief.com send us a message we would love to um, respond on the website with answers video answers or email answers Um, this was very very uh, an in-depth look at step-by-step how to cure your anxiety and I'm excited to know that it does get easier the more you do a thing if you just start that's the thing just begin just start it's not supposed to be hard this has been a lot of fun we'll drop another one next week on uh, monday of each week new podcast and again go to the website stephencanyon.com you can see us live in person and you can check out our locations and uh, we do a lot on camera as well as here at the broadcast wonderful i will see you next week see you next week thanks meg bye